Hello, I'm John Kenny, the Relationship Guy, and Relationship Coach, helping people to create healthy, intimate relationships. Welcome to the show, the show where we talk about all things relationships with a mix of my own relationship ramblings and some great guests from all walks of life who will be discussing the importance of relationships to them. Hello, so my guest today is the Managing Director of an exclusive matchmaking agency and also a relationship expert. They help people to find long-term committed relationships with their like-minded equal partner. Welcome to the show, Hayley Bystrom. Thank you, John. Thank you for having me. Absolute pleasure having you here. I've known, I've actually spoke to you a few years ago, which is which was really strange when we kind of reconnected to do the podcast. Um, so I know a little bit about you, but please do tell the audience more about yourself, what you do and how you help. So my name is Hayley Bystrom. I am Managing Director and Founder of a matchmaking company called Bozine Partnership. And that was established in 2009. So we are in our 14th year of business, wow. although I feel I've aged about 40 years in that time, <laughs> um, as is often the case when you run mm. a company. Mm. Um, so we work with members who are looking to meet their like-minded equal partner and they're all looking for a long-term relationship and they are through various circumstances in their life are struggling to cross paths with people that they would envisage having a relationship with so we create those opportunities and create those pools of potential for them um and we've worked with gosh thousands of members over mm. those 14 years and really proud to have so many successful relationships engagements marriages and even babies <laughs> families which is the most fantastic part about it really yeah um yeah so it's uh it's it's more of an old-fashioned style and I say old-fashioned but I don't mean it's antiquated it has a modern twist to it but I'm a strong believer in taking technology out of dating so we do not have uh our profiles online our members are not in a a book for people to access their privacy and confidentiality is of strict importance so we're old-fashioned in the way that we meet everyone in person face to face and we effectively hand pair our members together. Now, I'm not totally archaic. I don't, you know, not do text or emails or don't have <laughs> profiles. We do have those. They're just kept love very private. To everybody instead. Sorry? Send love letters instead. Oh, God, if, if I had my way, we'd all be writing love letters <laughs> to each other in a feather quill. But um, I am a little bit more up to speed than that. <laughs> um, but basically, we, we don't we don't splash our profiles online. Our members' mm-hmm. private life is, is kept private. Mm. So we take the technology out of things. So it, it kind of harks back to that old-fashioned style of matchmaking in that regard. Mm. We do things in a modern twist. I guess that's great because you know they're not actually selling themselves in that respect, are they? I guess if you know that someone is going to look at you, who you are, what you do, what you like, etc., and they're going to match you, pair you with somebody that looks like a good pairing, you're not saying, you know, like you said, if I put you in a in a book, if I put you online, if I do that, there's going to be a sense of sale. I've got to try and sell myself in some way. Yes, that's that's true, actually. And I suppose what we do that's different to the online dating platforms is we do all that legwork for our members. Mm. So 
we do the selling and we do the promoting in a for want of a better way of saying it Mm. um and we do the filter process we do the vetting Mm -hmm. we ensure people are who they say they are so that our members and our business reputation is safe and secure and our members role in it is to go out and meet new people that they wouldn't cross paths with Mm -hmm. have fun and then tell us about it afterwards because it is actually the communication that's the gold dust of our our whole journey yeah so once we've done an introduction, we've hand paired our members together, we would, and again, a bit old fashioned, but I'm a big believer in picking up the telephone and talking things through with everyone. Mm-hmm. So I, I spend my life chatting, which yeah. is great because I'm talk for England. Um, <laughs> so we talk through each introduction with our members. And after that date, we then talk through the feedback about it. And okay. we use that feedback to channel into the next introduction. Right. So what we're not doing is a, is a scattergun Mm. approach to things Mm. where again it sounds a little bit unromantic but we're having a pool of potential and we're funneling it down to the right person we're trying to be strategic so Mm. that the goal of our members meeting their right partner is done in a very strategic slick efficient way and and gets them to their goal quicker than through other endeavors Mm. so for example if you were doing things online and you met someone but they weren't quite right. It's mm-hmm. how do you input that information back into the computer system so it spits out a better result? It's very yeah. difficult to do that. And what you yeah. end up doing with online is taking a step forward, taking a step back, step forward, step, and that's where the frustration comes. It feels very hard to improve the process and make it work better for you. Yeah. And what people then do is they just restrict their criteria to try and get the results better, but then they miss opportunities. So it's a Yes, it's it's quite a limiting process in that way. So for us, we have our pool of potential. We meet all of our members. So when we understand the feedback after an introduction, we've got real life people to benchmark those against. So if someone talks about, if a lady talks about the attraction of a gentleman, if she talks about his personality, if she talks about uh, his career and his relationship history, we know all about that. We know Mm. those people and we can Mm. then start to pool those little jigsaw pieces of each person putting them together to come up with that perfect person. So we are, we're whittling down and getting closer and closer with each match. Yeah. And I, I guess that's the thing is, is does it also make people think about what they thought they wanted that they didn't want? I guess that feedback that you get from the dates, they go out and they say, okay, I told you this is what I wanted, but this person is this. And I don't actually know if I really want that. Yes, of course. It's such a journey and it's, it's whether it's, it's people being open-minded about that. And I think when you are online, there are so many risk factors where you feel concerned about your safety, you feel concerned about the uh, people that you'll be matched with because it's based on algorithms and mm. AI. Yeah. So you're trying to control that and to control it, you try and restrict that. And if you restrict things, as I said, you miss opportunities. Mm. So it, it it it's just like, you know, you reach brick walls at the end of every avenue. So what our members tend to do with us is because we are that safety net and we're that that hand that, you know, we hold their hand and guide them through it, mm-hmm. they feel much more secure and safe and that obviously we have our best, our members' best interests at heart and they feel safer to experiment and they feel safer to open their mind mm-hmm. to things that they may not have explored before. And I honestly think that if I look at all the successful relationships of our members and look at the original notes that I took and I I do this as as a part of the process look at the notes that I took when we first met each other and look at the relationship they're in 
And honestly, there's often quite a big difference and they've just become open-minded. And if you haven't tried something, you don't know if you like it. You don't know if you don't like it. So we structure our membership where our members feel safe to slightly test the periphery of their comfort zone, not sail wildly outside of it because that doesn't work either. Um, but just sort of test those boundaries that they might be very restricted doing yeah. if they're doing it in an environment where they feel a little bit unsafe or a little bit unsure. Well, so okay. I was, it can be a journey of trust. And so sometimes when people start with us, there's these rigid parameters and we yeah. fully respect those and yeah. work within those. But as we get to know them better and they trust us more throughout that journey, those parameters just get a little bit wider. Yeah. And honestly, that's where the success lies. Yeah, I guess it, I guess it goes. And, and then if they don't come to you, that's something they're never going to experience. If they don't come to go to someone like you that makes them feel safe and makes them feel secure in that, maybe slightly changing their thinking ever so slightly. If they don't open up to that, again, like you said, they're going to go through life being very boxed in what they're looking for. Yes, and, and it's really natural to do that. There's mm. nothing wrong with doing that. And people don't even realise they're doing it no. because – Dating is daunting and mm. it's about putting yourself out there. It's about your emotions and it's about, you know, that possible fear of rejection. Mm. And so what you do is you try and control that by restricting your criteria and sticking to your type. Mm. And you will find people repeating the same patterns, mm. getting into relationships with the same people and wondering why the same outcome happens. <laughs> and it seems from the outside, outside, it seems ridiculous. But when you're in it, you know, sometimes you just can't see the wood for the trees. So it's not that ridiculous is actually part of my coaching program is to recognize those patterns. It's so common that people yeah. get stuck in. And they can't understand, can they? Yeah. They just say, I was in this relationship perhaps mm. with um, a narcissist. Mm. And then I got into another relationship and there was another narcissist. And then the next one was that. And I'm just yeah. a magnet. Why are they looking for me? Yeah. And you think, no, actually, as much as it's not a relationship you want to be in, it's a relationship you know how to behave in. So it's mm. comfortable to you mm. and you can adapt to it. So it feels easier and and you're just going for that ease and that comfort. Whereas putting yourself in a situation that's slightly unknown is more uncomfortable. Mm. And so people do put these rigid barriers around their types and then mm. keep repeating the same patterns and ending up with the same result. But yeah. it's the same with anything. I do it. I have a business coach because no one knows my business better than I do. Mm. I've set it up. I've done it from day one. I can wear every hat in the business so there's no one that can come in and tell me things that are better. But actually, sometimes I can't see the wood for the trees with things. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes sometimes I, I'm making a decision and somehow I just can't seem to make it. And I keep jumping between different things and, yeah. and just having someone to bounce off and talk things through or just perhaps give you a certain different perspective to things and make you think in a different way takes you out of that tunnel vision that you can very easily to get into. Um, and and so that's really what we are. We're, we're, we're these sort of coaches guiding people and helping them to realize where there are different areas that they might be missing and what is the risk of trying it mm. um, and, and doing that in a very gentle way. Yeah. But yes, that, that's, that's really the journey. Sometimes it's quick and we get there, you know, in super speedy time. And sometimes it takes a while, yeah. but that's, that's just dating. It's completely yeah. stretched to the individual. And I guess that's what you said. You're trying to mitigate any risk. I mean, like you said, you can't get rid of all risk, but you're trying to mitigate so they feel safe just to stretch. Yes, yeah. I mean, whatever way you're dating, the the biggest thing that comes up is 
uh, you will be rejected mm-hmm. and you will reject people. And both of those are uncomfortable, <laughs> whether you're receiving it or giving it. It's, both, it's an uncomfortable thing. And the, that will happen whether you're dating online, whether you're dating within an agency, whether you're speed dating, whether your friends are helping you out with it. It is just part and parcel of it. Accept it. <laughs> yeah. um, and we just work our way through it. But yes, we're a bit of a, we absorb a lot of that for our members to yeah. make it a much more enjoyable experience and also the the communication and the talking of through things it's amazing how whatever age and i've got members that range from 30 up to 80 how we make assumptions about things and that is so commonplace in this modern day of of dating um we assume all sorts of things we assume things based on our insecurities we has you know i text him it's been an hour before he comes back we obviously doesn't like me and that's it you've made that decision or you read a profile and you'll read something I don't know about one of their hobbies and you just think, oh, well, that's not going to be a fit. And we, we just make these assumptions and all of it is to keep ourselves safe yeah. um, and and just stop that sort of outside of our comfort zone or stop that possible fear of rejection. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just to sort of cut through that level as well and give that sense of perspective where an assumption is, is you know, can be wildly incorrect and, and making you miss an opportunity. So we're not telling people what to do. We are... Yeah. guiding them and coaching them to make sure that we get to that goal that is what we want and what they want yeah and I, I guess that's that's essential as well because you are likely to get people that have made the step but are really entrenched in their own space and mm. it doesn't really matter who you put in front of them they're gonna find a reason not to aren't they yes of course and that's again it's just self-preservation it's self-sabotage it's um mm. it's you deciding it's going to fail before someone takes that control and it fails and you know and you've you've already gone headlong into things mm. it is but if you don't take those risks then you you miss those opportunities you don't find a partner you don't go for that new job mm. you don't take that holiday it's mm. you know you've got to do these things yeah, it's about that throughout life isn't it just not just with relationships it's opening yourself up to possibility and yeah exactly and it's just one of those lose yeah one of those skills that is so transferable on all areas of your life or if you're more positive, what am I going to gain from doing this? <laughs> yeah, indeed. And how does that kind of work within your system then of how many how many people, uh, is there a restriction on the amount of dates they can go on, the amount of people they're introduced to? No. So I really keep it quite open because, again, mm. I find when you put restrictions on people, it, it means that they miss opportunities. Mm. It, it gives them a more of a tunnel vision. I liken it a little bit like who wants to be a millionaire (laughs) in a weird way. So if you, um, and it's not to say it's wrong. Some other agencies will put a cap on the amount of people that you meet. Mm -hmm. Um, And you could be presented with a profile and nine out of 10 things are perfect. But there's this one area that you're not so sure on. Are you going to use one of your lifelines (laughs) on that? Or are you going to wonder if the grass is greener? And that's just modern society. The grass is always greener. We can just keep going in circles and never actually achieve anything because we always think the grass is greener. I guess that's (laughs) the thing with the matchmaking, like them being in your service is actually you'll find me someone that doesn't have number 10 and I can have all 10 rather than like you said taking a chance but like you said if they're if they've restricted to their choices they're going they're going to hold out for perfection until 10 10 and I you know perfection doesn't exist there's always a compromise in some area Mm. um there really is and often it's quite a small area um so we don't put caps on the amount of people that our members meet we keep that momentum going it allows us to bespoke the membership to the individual Mm -hmm. and some of our members 
gosh, since COVID, everyone's been a lot more decisive, assertive. Life is short. Our our rate of people getting into relationships is so much quicker. And it's just a mindset shift. People are just, you know, we've had so many things curtailed. This is what I want in life. And this, I'm going to get it. They they just have more of a a purpose in that way of what they want to achieve. And that's done wonders. It really has. Um, So we're finding a lot of our members will get into relationships after one date, after two dates, after three dates. But for every one of those, there's someone who's going on 30 or 40. And that's because (laughs) they have an individual journey. And maybe they've come along with their restrictions on their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And we are gently just trying to reduce those restrictions to steer them in the direction of the right person. So it's not to say one is right and one is wrong at all. It's entirely individual. But I tend to find if you take away that number restriction, you're just automatically releasing one of those boundaries that you put up when you're dating. Mm -hmm. And you're saying, well, perhaps there isn't perfection here. Perhaps there's only nine out of my 10 boxes tick, but actually what have I got to lose? Mm. Um, And as you say, you've got more to gain by trying it. And so we try to encourage that attitude with dating Mm. Um, and it works. It really does. So we structure the membership to put people in that mindset to explore opportunities. And that's where the successes will lie. You know, it is about quality rather than quantity. I am a big believer in that, but it is a numbers aspect as well. And when you restrict numbers and when you restrict time and when people feel more pressure, they're less likely to make a good decision and they're less likely to make a very informed decision. They make a decision based on uh, feelings of, of loss or, or, or pressure or it, yeah, we just try and make it as easy and mm. open as possible so that they can find the best person. Awesome, awesome. Does there is there like um you mentioned the like the age range, you said like from 30 to 80. So I guess there's a different outlook on relationships across that um across that age range. Do you have issues with and I, and I, the society I think nowadays is an issue with labeling, like we're not in a relationship. We're not boyfriend and girlfriend. We are just seeing each other or we are just dating and people have an issue with committing to, but you said like in your, with a lot of the circumstances that you're coming across, people are actually ready to go. This is what I want. I want to be with someone and they don't mind. There's no kind of fear or issue around labeling themselves as actually being with somebody. Are you finding that there's, there's a difference in that space? Yeah, I mean, over the 14 years, dating has changed so much. It's always evolving. It's always cyclical. When I started, there was no Tinder. There was no Hinge. There was no abundance of choice. There was no swipe, you know, 10,000 times. There's always someone next. <laughs> yeah. um, that just didn't exist at all. So, yes, that I think that does encourage a situation where you don't get into committed relationships because you always think the grass is greener. Yeah. And that's just our modern world. Um, but actually, when people come to us as an agency, they may have tried other avenues first because mm-hmm. an agency carries a significant membership fee to join yeah. because it is a personal service. There's a lot of time involvement. There's a lot of strategic work behind that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's when they come to us, they're, they're making a very serious decision. They they know they want to get into a full long-term relationship. So all of our members have that goal. And that's a real, you know, if you were to go on match.com, does every single person on there want a relationship? Absolutely not. Some do. Some say they do because it means you, you rank better on the algorithms. Yeah. <laughs> but actually, they just want someone to take to the summer party. Or actually, they're married. They just want a fling. <laughs> um, so all of our members have that common goal. All of them come looking for a long-term committed relationship. Mm. And when they pay that fee and they go through our due diligence process of 
of meeting in person, of chatting through everything on the telephone, of taking uh, time away to think about things before they join the membership. We don't do any sort of snap sign-ups. We, we we actually take quite a long time to get to the point where we move forward to a membership to ensure yeah. that our members are very serious about finding their long-term partner because that's what our portfolio of members is. Mm-hmm. And if it is about finding someone to go to, to the summer party with, then it would it would be a lot cheaper elsewhere. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's where Tinder comes in. <laughs> that's where Tinder comes in, exactly. There are other avenues. That... I remember talking to a guy once and he booked a holiday with his girlfriend and um, he, he and his girlfriend split up and he basically just went online to find someone to go on holiday with him. And, oh ended up, and ended up some girl just went on out for a drink. For two well, weeks. I, I can better that slightly. I used to be a wedding planner before I started this agency for about 10 years. Okay. And I had a couple that broke up and they booked their wedding about two years in advance. And she called me and told me that they're breaking up. And I said, I'm so sorry. Let me get the paperwork. We'll cancel everything. She went, no, no, keep the booking. I'll have someone. <laughs> <laughs> she absolutely turned up on that wedding date. With a new, and when the parent, when we had to do the show round again, the parents came and, and I had to pretend I'd never, hello, my name's Hayley. <laughs> no, we met six months ago with another one, but. <laughs> uh, she definitely had a vision. <laughs> she really did. And honestly, I I quite admired her. <laughs> I wonder how She was very that. focused. She had a purpose. She had a date. It had to be done by then. <laughs> and she did it. Yeah. Well, I guess that, I guess that's, um, that's the ultimate kind of motivation, I guess, isn't it? If you say, okay, well, I'm keeping the wedding date. Yeah, I mean, there Ooh. was quite a hefty cancellation fee, so. <laughs> <laughs> interesting, interesting. Uh, but you, you, you sort of said the age range. I mean, that's quite, is it, is it usual for a younger person to come to a matchmaking? I mean, I, I've, again, with my coaching and stuff that I do, I've noticed uh, that has been something with, with my, my class as well. They've got a bit younger because yeah. I think, again, from COVID, they're sort of saying, actually do you know what i was on my own for during covid and I, I don't really understand why i was on my own and i want to know what why i've not been able to attract the right type of person but yeah i want to start attracting the right type of people i want to be more connected and in a different type of relationship we've so, definitely found the same yeah right. it's um so as i said when i started we probably started around with the 30s and 40s as the main age bracket because mm-hmm. Um, those people related to me at the time I was early 30s. And I'd, I'd mentioned to you before that a lot of my competitors back then, 14, 15 years ago, were agencies that were run by by older ladies, you know, mm-hmm. with that sort of marriage agency. It, it seems so crazy because it wasn't that long ago. Wow. And the, the style of service was still putting personal adverts in newspapers 15 yeah. years ago. Yeah, I remember those. It seems crazy <laughs> now, doesn't it? Um, so I was quite different to a lot of the other agencies out there. So I naturally attracted that younger clientele because all of my competitors were decades older than me. Um, but then when I started, there weren't smartphones and apps. And so it was a bit of a shock about three years in when When (laughs) there was was Tinder and Hinge and I was like, oh Jesus. And everyone went there. That was it. My whole audience went. So Instead of adapting and going down that route and going, right, I'm going to bring technology into the agency that I run, I'm still against it. I'm an old-fashioned girl. I love the matchmaking, so I changed the audience instead. (laughs) Um, So then my biggest market were divorces. And so at the time, we had an office in London, and then I opened a second office down in Surrey. And it's not just our clients are there. We we mainly cater for the south of England, and our clients are London and the surrounding areas. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of people who are sort of in the home counties, a lot of people that commute or have homes in both uh, both areas. Mm -hmm. Um, 
so divorcees was kind of my thing for yeah. many years, sort of late 40s, 50s, 60s. That was my market. Okay. But since COVID, it shifted again. So we've seen a lot more of the 30s age bracket come to us and a lot more of the older clientele come to us. So the 30s age bracket, their motivation has been that they're just really screen saturated mm. and the filter process of online and the fact that it's like a second job trying to cut through and find one, someone who's real and isn't a robot mm. and two, someone who, you know, doesn't just want a WhatsApp relationship and wants mm. to just chat for, yeah. for four weeks before, and then yeah. going, actually, no, we're not going to meet. Yeah. There's another month gone. Yeah. Um, so they got really sick of that, got screen saturated and feels that they're not meeting people who have the same seriousness and motivation mm. that they do about finding a long-term relationship. And also it, COVID changed it in that people would just started thinking, you know, as we said before, about what are their goals? What are their mm. purposes in life? What do they want? And mm. and that focus of work just suddenly started to to dilute a little bit and recognize that the personal side is important. And actually, unless you do something or are proactive and invest some time and energy into that yeah. it's just not going to come to you on your doorstep no. so we saw a lot of the 30s come to us for that reason and then the other end of the age spectrum i mean they were so isolated chances are you know 70s 80s their children have grown up they're not at home mm -hmm. they found it a really really isolated time and don't want to go through that again and no. that was their motivation to find a partner so it's that's what I mean about it being cyclical. Since I've been doing it, I, I have to shift every two years. Something's coming next year. It's going to be a new Tinder next year. Who knows what it is? Um, <laughs> but you, you've got to keep on your toes for it. So we we stick to what we do. You know, it's very much about matchmaking. It's about that confidential, personal, communicative service, bespoke service tailored mm -hmm. to the individual. Um, and then we just navigate the the dating environment, yeah, yeah. <laughs> however it changes, and it will change again. Oh, like it always said, does. Like it is, like you said, it's cyclical. There's this casualness about dating that's been around for the last few years with all of the apps and stuff. And like you said, maybe that now there's a mind shift taking place that actually this is quite demoralising. I mean, I've spoken to loads of people that are demoralised by. I mean, you mentioned the word rejection earlier on. I mean this this constant acceptance rejection thing that goes on on online is, are they going to like me? Am I going to get a match? Is this person going to be interested? And you go through maybe like hundreds of people yeah. before yeah. someone actually says hello, you know, and it's, it it's can, exhausting. Yeah. And yes, and of course. It's not... sense of kind of self-worth or self-esteem and, uh, and not really sure about dating stuff in the first place. When you keep having this constant treadmill and, of, yeah. of people put in front of you I guess it can be as well as you said time consuming but really emotionally and quite mentally draining of course yeah and it's that that sort of feeling that I hear quite a bit where people feel they're in relationships and it's been going three months mm. but they haven't even met they haven't met each other it's a whatsapp relationship so yeah. it's not even a relationship yeah. it's a pen pal yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it just astounds me how people think that's acceptable it isn't uh, um but we've just been it's just for some reason we've just been sort of brainwashed to think that's mm. a relationship yeah um and i'm not saying it doesn't work it does i have friends who met online who are married um you just got to have the backbone for it and the time and the energy and the ability to pick yourself up and just go through it all again, go through that churn. Yeah. Um, 
And so really, yeah, that's that's what we take away from our members and make sure that we are doing that filter process for them. We've already curated everything down to a portfolio of very similar like-minded people. And, you know, our members are all very similar deliberately. I'm not Match.com. I'm not a needle in a haystack agency. My members um, are all professionals or they have a professional background. Mm-hmm. Generally, my 80s are holidaying and or on the golf course and rightly so but they will have a professional background yeah. um actually lots of them still work they just don't give it up yeah. <laughs> that um, mental stimulation and that yeah. drive yeah, my granddad worked in well into his 80s because he was yeah, uh, fantastic it really bird. is it's yeah just having that that sort of, yeah as I said that mental stimulation and that desire to do things and be proactive yeah um but yes they're all professionals they are they're all financially independent and maybe that sounds crass to talk about but actually it's important. Um, they are not looking to be bankrolled or supported by someone, and they're not looking to bankroll or support mm. someone. It's about finding someone who is an equal partner who shares a similar quality lifestyle to them. Yeah. Um, and they're all looking for a long-term relationship. So what I'm doing with our matching is I genuinely, hand on heart, think I can match any of our members together. They are so similar deliberately because what I'm leaving to chance is the thing that I can't control, which is the chemistry and spark, yeah. which I wish I had in a, a, bottle. <laughs> a little bottle. It's a magic potion. Yeah. yeah. I'll be on a beach in the Caribbean, not in my office. <laughs> Sorry, John. <laughs> but I'm not. Yeah, I think so... you're a very, very, very well known person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So we just, we're, we're doing all that filter process already. So when our members come to us, we've got that pipeline ready. Mm. Um, and then the chemistry and spark, you don't know until you meet someone. You don't no. know that on WhatsApp. No, most definitely. Most I completely agree. It's, it is, it just, it, until you've met, met someone, you have no idea whether you're going to like them or not. Because you have no it, idea. It, yeah, it, attraction it, is not a static image. It's the way someone walks into a room. It's the way yeah. they hold themselves. It's yeah. the way they speak to waiting staff. It can either be attractive or really ugly. Mm, <laughs> it's yeah. And it's a whole lot of things and you yeah. have to meet in person. Um, so whatever online app or whatever AI robot, whatever comes along, I just genuinely believe in that personal side that you cannot take that out of dating. You can't. I know that's the thing about the ye olden days when I was uh, around town trying to find a, find a, find a girlfriend. It was, you go out and you meet someone again, being in their energy says a lot about someone, doesn't it? If you, you know, whether you're attracted to their energy as much as you're attracted to their hobbies and what they like to do in life, et cetera, et cetera. Um, We've kind of briefly touched on that. The issue of kind of, being able to go and talk to someone nowadays mm. because of you know it's it, you know, I was reading the other day someone was they were saying like this guy was saying it, I've been told it's offensive to go and sort of try and chat someone up but that I find attractive but then I'm also being told that I'm not masculine enough because I'm not making the first move yeah. and it's like a real big catch-22 is as it's society is just a bit odd at the moment I think in in it their is. way of thinking, how are you supposed to meet someone if, if someone's not allowed to come and say hello? Yeah, and that's the biggest problem we're solving at the moment mm. um, is that there are lots of lovely single eligible people around and you probably are crossing paths with them all the time, mm. but you don't know it because we're not interacting mm. and it's all got a lot worse since COVID. We're all so busy and we walk around with our blinkers on and our heads and our smartphones um, and we just don't see anything around us. I mean, I commute from our Surrey office to our London office and I'll leave my house or leave my office in Surrey. Um, and then suddenly I'm on the doorstep in London and it's taken me probably about an hour and a quarter to get there. Mm. 
I haven't seen anyone on the way. Of course, I've seen thousands of people yeah. and I just don't notice. And that's what we're all doing. So I often feel, you know, as much as we're a dating agency and a matchmaking agency, I almost feel that we're just bridging a gap of communication. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, because it doesn't exist these days. People yeah. just aren't interacting. And yes, that is the problem. It's why we're seeing a lot of ladies always say it must just be women in dating agencies. Nope. Really has changed in the last few years because that ability for men to just walk up to someone in a bar that isn't there anymore either. And I'm not saying whether that's wrong or right. Mm. Um, but actually, people approach that with suspicion. It probably might not be welcomed that brilliantly. And that's not a malicious thing. So, for example, if I go out with my girlfriends, I, you know, I'm, I'm, if girls go out, they tend to be with girls mm-hmm. or they're with a guy and they're on a date, in which case you're not going to approach them. But if I go out and I'm not with my other half, then I'm with my girlfriends. Yeah. And it's taken us six months to get that date in the diary. We've all got children. We've cancelled this five times. And... <laughs> We're finally meeting. If anyone dares to interrupt us, <laughs> there is no way that's going down well. And yeah. so it's not a, we are not available for this thing. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's just, they're not going to win. No, <laughs> and so men have to be proactive. But I think that there's well. a thing about in that, that, which is the issue, I think, is that taking no for an answer. You know, mm. again, if you're out with your girlfriends, but one of your girlfriends is single and actually is looking for a partner or whatever, and some guy was like, "Oh, I quite like the look of this woman," and and is out is as isn't isn't afraid to come and approach a group of women and sort of to sort of say, "Yeah." Something. If you say no, then fine, I'll go away. Right? You know, it's, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah, exactly. That well, that's the worst that can happen, yeah, <laughs> and it's not that bad. Say no, and then I get the umber about it. Yeah. You know, and I think that's where this stuff comes from. Is it? It's, it's it's the ego stuff that, you know, is it okay for you to come and say hello? Yes, but so long as if I tell you I'm not interested, you back right off. Exactly, yeah. And that's how it used to work. Yeah, so I'm yeah. not saying that men should be, you know, walking up to groups of women and infiltrating themselves in their circles. But, yeah, if if none of us, if women aren't doing anything or making any proactive gestures to meet someone and men aren't, then mm. no one's going to meet anyone. <laughs> it's just we're at stalemate. And I think that's the thing as well about the dating apps. It's like, as well yes i agree that you know if you are on an eye and you don't want to be bothered then that's great but also you've also got that backup haven't you like you might go out with your girlfriends for the night and then you'll come home and go straight on to tinder whereas there could have been this guy in the bar but because there's tinder and because you know you can go back to flicking through different things that you're not paying attention like you said to what's out there and someone that could be a really good match for you yeah I read something the other day or maybe it was on a podcast where it was saying so the normal thing would be if you're in a social situation and you saw someone across the room and you caught their eye one of you more likely the man is going to make a gesture to come and speak to you Mm. but apparently at the moment in the world of technology if you see someone across the room and they catch your eye you go onto your app and you enter your GPS system and you see (laughs) if they flag up instead of and then you chat to them online even though they're there (laughs) That's how dating happens. These, I mean, wow. it astounds me. Yeah. And I read it and I was like, surely that can't be the case. So I've got a few friends that are doing that as well. And they're like, no, that's how it works. Wow. Like, what? Yeah. So <laughs> it's exasperating. Uh, so is- I feel I'm doing a one woman crusade. <laughs> <laughs> Which is doing a really good job. <laughs> and just helping the getting people, people to, to communicate. Yeah. I mean, it is the art of, they do say the art of communication is slowly dying, don't they? Um, and hopefully with the services that you offer and and again with the things that I do with my clients I do I'm exactly the same I said look you know you need to get and talk to people 
Yeah, know? you have to be proactive because it really isn't going to come knocking on your door unless it's the pizza guy. <laughs> wrong with that? And I, I think that's, that's a different scenario <laughs> altogether, perhaps. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you're right. It's, it may, if you're not open to it, like you said, if you're going around blinkered and you're not looking up, you know, like that, so if don't look up, was it that film, wasn't it? But I mean, look yeah. up, you know, look up, it, see who's around you. I mean, I'm lucky enough, I get motion sickness, so I can't look at my phone when I'm on a train. <laughs> um, so, but I listen to my music, but I'm always making eye contact with people, whether they like it or not, because mm-hmm. I'm always looking around. So, even if I might have my music on, but you know, there is everybody, and I notice that because I'm looking around, but no, I hardly ever make eye contact because nobody's yeah. looking up from their phones and, and paying any attention. Yeah. And it's just, you know, it's a moment in time. It will, and it's all been really impacted by COVID and it will go back. It will, but it's not going to go back tomorrow. It's going to be an, an evolving situation. Mm. Um, and actually, do you wait till it changes? Do you just sit there twiddle your thumbs and wait till it's better? And, you you know, mm. you don't have to get the confidence to go and do something about it. It will eventually come to you. God, you could be waiting decades. So, yeah. that is kind of our message you need to be proactive you need to do something whether it is you know putting yourself onto those dating apps and having a backbone to take the the consequences that come with it but also the potential opportunities that come with it or going to those speed dating events or telling your friends that you're single and you're actively Mm. looking and do they know anyone can they help everyone wants to help their single friend Or joining an agency and letting us do it for you. In some cases, that's not the right decision because that's how I met my ex-wife. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's odd. When I remember when I I was um, uh, married in my 20s. I got married very young and divorced. Mm. And I remember a lot of my friends setting me up on dates. Yeah. And I was thinking, my God, my friends hate me. <laughs> <laughs> really? What have Why? I ever done to them? They clearly despise me. <laughs> so yeah, sometimes your friends aren't don't know the best thing for you, but right. actually embrace the opportunities. Yeah, and I like I, I assume that they've got your best interests at heart, regardless. Yeah, yeah. Um, so moving on to yourself, really, and the significance of relationships to you. What kind of impact of relationships had on how how being that the work you do I guess you see the significance of relationships anyway Um, but what 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 do relationships mean to you well I suppose again I'm quite traditional in that way um I always think you know people have their role models from when they're younger of what a relationship is my parents have been together 45 something maybe it's more than that maybe it's nearly 50 years Mm. I think it is actually um nearly 50 years and that's you know that's not saying that's for everyone but that's sort of my what mm. I see is relationship. It's about someone who will support you and you will support them and mm. have their back. Mm. Um, I, I, as I said, I was previously married. I met my ex-husband when I was 19 and we were divorced by the time I was 30. Right. <laughs> you change a lot in your 20s. Yeah, you <laughs> and I take a lot of learnings and lessons from that and use them because lots of my members are divorced and mm. they've been through similar things. So they find me quite relatable in that way. Mm. Um, I have my other half, we, Lee, we've been in a relationship for 14 years. So I met him just as I was starting the business. Yeah. God knows how he stayed. It's a very stressful time yeah, starting yeah. a business. So yeah. <laughs> Amazing. He stuck around in those early years. <laughs> but, the ground, I'd imagine, too. Yeah, it's, I mean, yeah. And so we have three children. Um, but yeah, so I, 
I, I do feel I've got my own experiences and background to help other people. But for me, one of our first questions is, is what does a relationship mean to you? And of course, mm-hmm. our members want a long-term relationship, but it can mean different things to different mm-hmm. people. It can mean that, you know, you want to... Um, you want to uh, be in each, each other's pocket every day and do everything together and retire together and go off traveling. Or it can be that you really enjoy quite an independent life. Maybe you keep your separate homes. Maybe you, mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be the same answer. You don't have to fit the stereotype mm-hmm. of what that traditional modern, you know, the traditional relationship is. It, mm-hmm. it can have variations, but it just means that you're committed to one person. Um, so we have many members that, that come along and say, perhaps they've been divorced, maybe they've been divorced twice, and they say, I'm not going to get married again, uh, probably not going to live with someone again. Yeah. I had a lovely lady in her 70s say that. I got an email from her yesterday saying that she was getting married again. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I'm literally going to send your email back to you when you first joined to say that. She's like, well, I met him, it's going so well. Yeah, yeah. I just, it's a natural progression, and that's what we want to do. So, yeah, I, I think don't try and put all the parameters in place for the future, be open to that change, but know what your morals and values are. You know, a relationship to me is a committed relationship. Mm. Um, and, you know, and, and this is how it can translate. And these are the areas I can adapt in. Mm. Um, and just making sure. So when we match people, we, we always look at their future vision and just say, what do you see your future being? Mm. Sod's law, maybe that won't happen, but <laughs> in an ideal world, what's your future vision? Yeah. And we match people based on the same future vision. So if someone comes to us and says, Actually, I don't want to have children. Um, and I envisage living in France. Um, and another lady says, um, actually, no, I very much want to have children in the next couple of years. And, you know, I have a lot of family around here, and so I will be settled in England. Yeah. Well, they could have every damn thing in common with each other. They could play tennis to the same level. They could be members of the same clubs. They could be educated at the same university. They are not compatible people. Yeah. They do not have the same vision in mind for the future. And yeah. so they're never going to work. Um, so it's all about making sure you're matching with someone who who shares a similar vision for me and then we work backwards from there. Yeah. Um, and it's not to say that that vision can't adapt and change. Don't be fixated about it. But we all have our morals and values and, and what we believe to be true and what is important for us. Yeah. And those, I think, are non-negotiables. Yeah, I think so, yeah, because, again, it's just going to make you feel very uncomfortable and um, and you're going to know that something's wrong, even though maybe sometimes you're not going to be able to put your finger on it if you're living outside of those spaces. Like if you're not following yeah. what's yeah. deeply important to you, you are something's going to happen and, and eventually you're going to realise you're in the wrong space. Yeah, and if you can't be yourself in a relationship, then again, it's a non-starter. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I've I, I worked a, a fair bit with some dating coaches in the past and all the tricks and tips they try and get you to meet the right person. And I'm just like, when I do my case, like, be yourself. Yes, but, be comfortable in you, be accepting of you, go out there and be you because that's the person that you want them to like. You don't want them to like something else and, and, exactly. and, try and trick them into being you know, into any kind of space. Uh, I think that's yeah. And you could be with someone if you're lucky for 40, 50 years. Mm. So why do you want to keep up a facade the whole time? Yeah. That's oh, exhausting. Tiring that would be, right? <laughs> Oh, nightmares. Um, thank you for your time today, Hayley. It's been absolutely amazing talking to you. If people wanted to uh, reach out, find out a bit more about you, do what you do, and, and maybe they're looking uh, in the space at the moment that we've been talking about, how do they do that? So the best way to do it is to have a look at our website, www.bose-lionpartnership.co.uk, or you can call us on 0203 866-4440. I'm a big believer in picking up the phone. <laughs> yeah, great. Conversation <laughs> is king. Um, um, 
all that will be in the show notes if you want to reach out to Haley at all uh, or to uh, her company do so um find out a bit more about it and what you could get from it um what have you got to lose uh, and your favorite quote or words of wisdom maybe that you could leave with the listeners well it probably comes down to the sort of theme that we've been talking about i suppose that sort of positive mindset and going from being worried about what might happen and uh, to excited about what might happen is literally a mindset shift that is it all you do is decide okay so if you want (laughs) to find something more positive shift that mind approach it with that attitude awesome thank you thanks again for your time absolute pleasure talking to you oh it's been lovely thank you john and i'll speak to you again soon take care bye for now thank you for listening Please subscribe, follow and review the show. That is very much appreciated. And please do reach out if you would like to know more about how you can create healthy, intimate relationships in your life. I will leave you with this quote from Carl Bond. Although we can't go back and make a brand new start, we can start now and make a brand new ending. I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Relationship Guide.